0: Hey, all you Forexers out there, thanks again for joining us on Forex Radio. We've now reached number seven in our nine part series where we're talking about the nine critical aspects of successful real estate agents and what they must master and integrate into their DNA in order to enjoy the dream business. What's a dream business? Well, we talk about my version of the dream business uh, in episode number 26 in season one of this podcast. But let's just take a moment and and just imagine for a second what a dream business would be for you. Like, have you, have you ever done that? Now, like, here's a few things to think about. Like, first of all, money, right? Money, there's gotta be enough money. But I would contest for the dream business, you gotta make more than you actually need. You gotta make more so that you can invest, not just enough to pay the bills. And how about getting out of financial survival, like just get out of survival and get into Thrive so you can start to do some extra things, extra investments and and maybe do some great things for your kids schooling or whatever the burn is for you to to make more than you actually need to survive. That's really important. And if you know that that's happening consistently, you need to be able to take time off without the risk of losing business, right? You have to have some sort of work-life balance for sure. Like that, that's that gotta be included in the dream real estate business, right? And you should always feel confident and and be totally at peace, never worrying about leads. You should never have to worry about leads coming in. And when you get to that place, when you get to that place where leads just kinda come in consistently and you got your now and your soon and your future and your past business coming to you consistently and and you're getting you know commission checks every single month like every single month you're getting at least one if not quite a bit more commission checks and I've experienced that for almost 18 years and never missing a month never missing a month and sometimes as high as 20 commission checks in one month so that would fit into the dream business scenario. Would it not? Would it not? I, I think so. So, you know, what about this? What, what about dealing with clients that you actually enjoy dealing with? What about that? Would that fit into the dream business thing? So, today we're gonna talk about dealing with clients that we love and, and making that happen. How do we make that happen? Newer real estate agents. Are you making $150,000 or more in real estate this year? How would you like to believe with 100% certainty that you will? What if you knew exactly what to do every day to make money in real estate? Are you the type of person that will do the work, serve the people well? You would devote a good portion of the day on focused activities and habits to drive business if you just knew what to do. Does cold calling or door knocking or paying for leads freak you out? good because it freaks me out too. Are you working part-time and afraid to leave the job to go full time into real estate? Am I speaking to you right now? Give me 15 minutes and I know I can help you. Go to 4xformula.com to learn how I created a recipe for success that anyone can do. You have the ingredients to be successful within you right now. You just need to know what to do. Learn how I earn multiple six figures working less than 40 hours a week. And here's the kicker. I get paid every single month. Want to learn how? Go to 4 formula.com the number 4 xformula.com okay today is going to be a juicy one i love this topic when once you get to this and understand it fully you just can't help but enjoy the dream business a successful real estate professional builds relationships i'm excited to talk about this subject because it's such a game changer in our business in our real estate world, not all businesses get to enjoy this option actually. Businesses that sell like something, they sell a service or they sell a widget or they, you know, they don't get to create relationships a lot of times in their businesses with customers. With the rise of the box stores and the warehouse model out there, that's even less personal now, right? But we think that we're getting a better deal so we go there and we shop there, right? Do you remember the days when when you walked into a business, they actually knew your name. And and I remember going to businesses when I was a kid and and they actually asked my parents about the family. They, they'd get into conversations. And, and there, there was relationship there. I remember that when I was a kid. And the opportunity for that is getting more and more minimized now as we get into this, you know, the uptick of online shopping, for example, which I love, by the way, I love it. But the opportunity for any type of relationship building is really almost eliminated in that now so that's the retail business world but that's not so in real estate you know i don't want to get to know my doctor really well because usually when i go to see my doctor it's not for a positive reason it's you know the same thing with a lawyer right or or an accountant actually those are very rarely positive reasons you're going to go see those guys but do you notice how we refer to them we refer to these people, you go, oh, you know what, oh, I got to go see my doctor. Oh, you know, you'll hear, you're going to hear from my lawyer, right? Or, or I got to go check with my accountant on that, right? You hear, You hear people refer to those professionals with ownership, my accountant, my doctor, my lawyer. Think about when you utilize services of other professionals. Now, when I hire or engage the services of someone else, I want to be a a good consumer or a good customer. I do. Because I see everyone that I come into contact with as a potential opportunity. So that's just a normal, that's just how I think normally. And like even the guy hooking up my internet or hooking up my cable is potentially a client in my mind. Nobody gets left out. But when it comes to the people that provide a service to me, I'm not sure if they're thinking in their minds that they would like to solidify or build a relationship with me in an intentional way like we need to in our businesses as real estate agents as real estate agents we need to think differently now this isn't something that's taught in school it's not a thing that's taught in university either but but I know that the people that get it that truly get it and and they apply it to their businesses truly enjoy the fruits of that for absolute certainty as a real estate professional, this is the first thing that needs to change. There's this word, this this word that I that I hear others say in our industry. I hear it all the time. I I hear it from other agents. I hear it from I hear it from big name real estate trainers out there. I hear this word, and I hear it from people referring to their database of people, and it just grinds on my mind. It's, it's like when someone sings off-key or, or someone runs the needle over a record player. You know that feeling? Ah, I just cringe. It drives me crazy. I can't stand it. They refer to people as a customer. They use the word customer when they refer to their database, their customers. And it reveals to me immediately how someone is thinking about the people that they're supposedly serving. They've put them into this kind of one-dimensional format and they've categorized them as a consumer, a line item on a spreadsheet, uh, a source of income or, or someone to just sell something to. They're a customer. Now, I can be way off base here, but to me, it kind of creates this lowest common denominator type of thinking. The customer just simply becomes a means to an end. You know, what can I get away with? And, and still get the result I want. What can I get away with, right? How can I close them better? You know, to, to talk about closing a sale, right? How do I get the sale? If, if I increase the amount of customers, then I increase the amount of sales. I can put people in, pit, in place to process the buyer customers. And then, and then I can get people in place to take care of the listing customers. And, and I'll spend a bunch of money on ensuring that there's lots of customers to deal with so that we just get more deals. And it's just transactional. So what do we call that, right? We call it transactional. We call it transactional thinking. And and when we close a sale, that's called a transaction. And we're performing a transaction between two parties, trading one thing for another thing. Our focus is just on that end result, the commission, the money at the end, not the process. We get paid. I mean, we we get paid to put two parties together and create a successful outcome. That's that's what we get paid to do. A buyer wants to buy a house and we sell them a house. They get what they want. We get what we want. We want commission, right? And then we look for someone else to sell a house to or someone who wants to sell and then we get to sell that house. But why does this grind on me so much? The word customer. Well, let me ask you a few questions. These buyers and sellers, are they actual people? Do you agree that we're in the people business. Do you believe that these people are making a pretty big life decision each time that they do this transaction? Do you think that there are other aspects of the product, right, the house, that that they're buying that would be pretty important to them during the process, other than just being a home, just being a, a structure, right? Does this transaction sometimes, just about every time, carry with it a major life change? Yeah. Can the transaction be emotional sometimes? Yeah, it totally can. Just about every single time we learn stuff about these people that's pretty personal. We know about their finances, their credit challenges, their kids and their family, the quirky things that are important to them, the different things that affect their lifestyle, the, the ins- their insecurities, their various personality traits. These are all things that come with dealing with people. We, we learn about how savvy they are. Maybe they're not that savvy. Or maybe they're very astute in, in, in business transactions. Maybe they're not very astute. How inexperienced they are. And we learn very quickly a lot of times what they don't know. And sometimes we learn how horrible they would be if they were left to their own devices to negotiate for themselves. And we need to protect these people. We need to take care of them. These are people. We have a fiduciary duty to take care of these people. It's loaded into our code of conduct. It's spelled out in the rules of agency. People. This is a big deal. We're dealing with people. We will always be dealing with people. And that's why we can't be replaced by an algorithm or a, a tricky program out there. We always will be part of the process when it comes to real estate. Now, guess what? Here's a really alarming fact, right? Here's here's something that is kind of like earth shattering. We are people too. (laughs) Sometimes we forget this, right? Newsflash. We are people dealing with people. All right. So with this new information, how do we operate? Well, let's use the golden rule, the golden rule, right? This is actually written into our code of conduct in our real estate board area. It's actually written right into our code of conduct. So I don't know what it is for you, where you operate, but it is for ours. So how far do we take that? Treat others the same way that we would like to be treated. Okay, what do we like? How do we like to be treated? Actually, let's start with what we don't like how we don't like to be treated. Let's talk about that for a second. All right. So do we enjoy dealing with the necessary evil? Someone that we just have to settle dealing with? Someone who's positioned themselves in a place that makes it unavoidable not to deal with them? Do we enjoy that? Do we enjoy working with someone who obviously doesn't care about us? Do we enjoy that? Do we like working from a place of insecurity, feeling like someone may not be qualified to to handle our affairs? Do we like dealing with someone who's late all the time? Do we like dealing with someone who is obviously unorganized and frazzled? And do we like dealing with someone who's constantly using tricky words to talk us into things? Do we enjoy that? Do we like dealing with people who look like that they're doing this as a part-time gig? Do Do we like that? Do we like dealing with people who don't fulfill their promises? Do we like committing to someone that we don't really know? Or not sure that we like? Or maybe someone who hasn't taken the time to win our trust? Do we like dealing with people like that? I don't think any of us do. Any of us do. Any of us real estate agents out there right now operating in our field and out in our communities right now, Those are things that all of us as human beings, as people, do not like. I'm sure of it. So what do we like? How would we like to be treated? Do we like to work with people we trust? Yeah, we do. Do we like to work or consult with or deal with people that we like? Yeah, we do. Do we like people who are working for our best interests, who are in our corner? People that, people that, they've got our back, right? Do we appreciate it when someone goes the extra mile? Do we appreciate that? Do we? Yeah, we do, don't we? Do we feel good about paying a premium if something's better? If something's a lot better? Are we okay with paying a little more? Because it's better. Do we as humans have an inherent need to be listened to? Do we as humans, this means all of us, <laughs> no one gets left out of this, right, have an inherent need to connect with other humans? Yes, 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 we all do. This is normal. This is normal. Do we like being involved in win-win situations where we know everybody's winning, in a win-win relationship, mutually beneficial that is valuable for both parties. Do we enjoy that? We do. Guys and gals, we need each other. We do. We need each other, man. Also, do we like to get a good deal or feel at least the satisfaction that that we made a good decision? Yes, we all do. Every transaction should be a win win scenario. Every, everyone should walk away from a transaction happy with the outcome. That feels good. Was it fair? Were all the expectations met? Were there some surprises or challenges? Yeah, okay, sure, yeah, maybe. But how was it dealt with? How did the professional handle it? With integrity, with honesty? With professionalism, efficiently, right away, did they get on it with your best interest in mind? That's what we like, right? That's what we want. Do you think of your real estate profession as the building of a business? Do you think of it that way, as a building of a business? I refer to this a lot. So if if we're going to be talking to each other, we need to be tracking that way. I talk about real estate as a business all the time because it is. You are a business within a business. Picture a bricklayer building a house that's made of bricks. Now, maybe it's the third little pig. I don't know. Anyway, he's building this house of bricks, one brick at a time. And and it's unavoidable, right? Each brick has to be laid in by itself. The brick mason sees... The next area where he's got to lay the brick and then he he scrapes off he scrapes off the layer and he gets it ready he go he gets some mortar he lays it on the brick and he puts it on the area where he's going to lay in the brick then he puts the brick in place then he uses the back of his hand and he taps it into place and gets it perfectly level and he checks it that's what he does and when you and when you and he takes care in order to lay them in properly then the mortar holds it all together. That's the trust. The mortar is the trust that gets laid in trust is the foundation to every single relationship. It needs to, it needs time to cure and it needs time to solidify. But once it's solid and it's hardened, it's hard to break or it's hard to knock away. Each person is like another brick to your business. The relationship is the mortar. That, that holds it all together. And this is a relational business. There's no way around it. This is the business you want. Trust me, it's, a, it's cheaper to maintain, and it's solid, and it's highly profitable. So now picture this for a moment. Picture just like a pile of bricks. Treating your clients like customers, in my mind, is just like piling a bunch of bricks besides someone else's brick house over here. And you just you just accumulate a bunch of bricks, you just keep throwing bricks on the pile, right? And they're not solidified or anything, they're just in a pile, all different types, all different shapes, and, and some are broken, some are cracked, <clears throat> but they're in this pile. So, and the bigger the pile gets, it, it feels good, it feels good because you got lots of bricks, you, you see all these bricks there, so you think you got a great business because you've piled up all these bricks. And, and the pile might even be higher than the, than the house next door where it's all laid in and organized. And it makes you feel good. There's lots of bricks. That's a transactional business. It's expensive to run. It focuses on just getting more bricks. And maybe there's a few that are stacked somewhat neatly in there somewhere, because some will stick. Some may stick around, but there's no solidification. There's no mortar, there's no trust, there's no relationship. So not only that, but it's really easy for the guy next door to just grab a brick, put it on his house to solidify. If it's not solidified on your house and it's in this kind of haphazard pile, then it's fair game for the other bricklayers next door. So it's fair game if it's not organized and solidified, right? Does that make sense? Other agents can take business from them. Now that's what it's like. That is transactional thinking. I just want bricks. I just want bricks. I want more bricks. I just want more bricks. I just want more bricks. And you just keep going after bricks. Failing to take the time to organize them and put them into place and and use mortar to solidify them to build the house is actually a waste of time, money, and energy. Your your three most valuable resources are energy, money, and time. So you see the difference? You take the time to make it solid and then you never have to worry about it crumbling or falling apart. Building relationships is crucial, crucial to building the dream real estate business. So here's a list of five benefits and we'll put them on the screen. You build a solid business that will be solidified with a foundation that will withstand any market condition, any storm. Number two, you make more friends in your life and that's awesome. Number three. You get a flood of referrals from these people. They'll refer other bricks to you. You don't have to go out and get them. They'll just come to you. Number four, you're dealing with people that you actually enjoy dealing with. And number five, you create a business of raving fan clients who are excited to do business with you. So you never have to sell your services. You just start doing business with them. I can go on and on and on and on about all the benefits. That's just a few for now. Believe it or not, this is a major differentiator. I'll explain. What is the absolute foundation to all relationship? What is the first thing? It starts with trust, right? We talked about this. Trust. So what has a more trusting tone? Customer or client? Transactional business, or relational business? I think we want to trust each other. I think so, I do. Like personally, my first inclination when I meet someone, is to trust them. I I just, I kind of automatically go there. I want to trust them. I want to believe that people will tell me the truth. Sometimes I can be criticized for not being cynical enough, for sure, because I know that I want people to trust me and I want them to know that I'm not going to lie to them. I want them to know that I tell them the truth, even if it's something that they don't want to hear. I want them to always know that they can rely on the fact that I'm telling them what I believe to be the truth. And that's the way I operate. So, so why shouldn't everyone operate that way? It's kind of my mentality. When I catch someone in a lie, though, that's it. I mean, that's it. I I can't trust them anymore. I just can't. Years ago, when uh, my kids were in elementary school, I spoke to them about something that I called the trust account. I explained to them how bank accounts work. We're just talking about banking, I think, at that time. And uh, I think they were just, we're getting into setting up bank accounts for them and teaching them about that and how that all worked. And uh, so it it kind of came into my brain to talk to them about the trust account. But right around that time, my son did something. He, I can't remember what it was. It it wasn't a big deal, but he didn't do what he said he was going to do. And I was relying on him to get that done. And it might've been something as simple as walking the dog so the dog didn't poop in the house. (laughs) And, Anyway, I thought that this was a good time to to make this teaching moment for the kids and integrate this new banking idea that we're going to teach them and, uh, and then the trust account. And I explained how bank accounts worked. And then I explained about trust. I talked to them about when I put trust in them, it's like a bank account. Every time that they do something... That when, when they do what they say they're going to do, every time they tell the truth and act honorably, they make deposits into the trust account. And and then the account starts to build up just like a bank account. And I explain that I know that there's going to be times when they're going to screw up. They're going to make a mistake. And that's going to happen. I, I understand it because we're all human beings. But then what happens is a withdrawal gets made out of the bank account, the trust account. And it may have happened either on purpose or maybe they just made a mistake or it was by accident. But if they don't make enough deposits in there, then there's nothing to withdraw. And so my trust in them will diminish. And even when it's an honest mistake, I'm going to think it's not because I don't have any trust left in the account. So we have to work hard to build trust with each other by honoring our word, doing what we say we're going to do and doing it well and not lying to each other, always telling the truth. And with that, we'll build up our trust account. And I told them, you know what? I'm going to screw up sometimes. And I may screw up like by accident, but they're going to know it's by accident and that I didn't do it on purpose or I didn't mean to lie to them or or be dishonorable. It was just... Maybe something came up and maybe I forgot because I'm a human being. But if I, if I don't take time to build trust in them, then I have nothing left in my trust account with them. So it's a two-way street and that's relationship. And so we talked about that. I asked them, you know, if they trusted me and they said yes. And I asked them if they ever felt that I ever let them down or failed to honor my word with them. And they said no. I told them that I would continue to make deposits because I want our relationship to be built on trust for the rest of our lives. And I think they got it. I have awesome kids. Two of them are now adulting, and my youngest is now 17 at the time of this recording. And I'm very proud of them. Do they let me down sometimes? Yeah. Are they perfect? No. But I believe that we have an understanding. And, and I know that I'm going to continue to hold up my end. So that's the story of the trust account. I love the analogy, and I, and I kind of came up with it on the fly at the time. But think about that for a moment. This is how we need to build all of our relationships with trust first. So does it make sense to figure out how to earn their trust as soon as possible. Ask the question to yourself, how do I earn this person's trust as quickly as possible? And sometimes just asking the question over and over again will get you to some answers. Simple answers can actually be very powerful. Simple questions can actually be very powerful. So just ask that question. How can I build trust with these people as fast as possible? What can I do? Ask that question to yourself. You'll be amazed at what will happen from that. How does it start? Well, if you've listened to the last episodes, by being a professional, by being accountable, by being organized, by being consistent, by operating intentionally, these all fall in place. These aspects are crucial. And that's why I'm spending the time on these nine facets. That's why I'm doing this, so you understand where I'm coming from. Trust is the basis of all relationship. What happens when trust is compromised? Before you've had a chance to build up the trust account, what happens? Well, the relationship will actually crumble. It will, it'll just crumble. It doesn't have a chance to build. So it will actually crumble and it's very hard to put back together again. It's very hard studies have shown that if someone's angry or upset for some reason that actually could be repaired that can actually be repaired but if someone builds up resentment it's very very difficult to patch that together resentment builds when someone is let down or disappointed or they've been wronged or they've been lied to that's how you build up resentment And if you've breached trust and can be perceived as maybe even taking advantage of somebody or something like that, then resentment will spread like cancer and it will kill the relationship. It will absolutely kill the relationship before it even gets a chance to come alive. So I say to new agents all the time, earn their trust and then never betray it. People always wanna know what to say. They want some tricky scripts. It's one of the highest searched items on the internet for real estate professionals. I studied it, I checked it out, and that's why there's scripts in the 4X Formula Real Estate Training Course. I put scripts in there, but I've designed them in such a way that you need to employ the mindsets in place that we teach in order to kind of really maximize the ideals and the impact of those scripts. So they're designed in a certain way. And if you've never took my course and utilize these scripts, well, would they help you? Like if I just gave you the scripts without any background? Yes, I believe they will. But after saying all of that, you don't have to practice a speech or memorize lines to be performed. If you're operating in a way that's designed to gain people's trusts, and, and then ensure that you just never betray that trust. Then you don't need to memorize lines or tricky words or anything like that to compel people to do business with you. They will just want to do business with you. Does that make sense? I put the scripts together in the course to show people how to ask proper questions to uncover the needs of their clients. It's a bit of a different approach. Okay, so now let's take this and apply it to our marketing. Now take relational thinking and apply it to your marketing. What is our message? How do we deliver the message? Who is the message directed to? What medium do we use to deliver the message? If you're now focused on relational marketing, how does that change your approach? How does it change what you talk about? Put some thought to this. This is where you need to be focusing. This is where you need to be thinking. Those are the questions you need to be asking what is important to the people that you're marketing to listen to the podcast episode uh, number 22 entitled stop saying great service that's a great episode that's going to talk about um, the messaging out there that is incorrect and it's a waste of money and time to even put those messages out there but a lot of people do it 90% of agents do it honestly it's mind-blowing to me but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that episode number 22 Okay, I think our time is done now. This one went on a little bit longer than normal, but thank you for sticking with me. I appreciate it. I truly hope that you're getting value from these episodes. And if you're on iTunes, please drop us a comment. Uh, Give us a rating. Even a one star, five star, whatever rating. doesn't matter to me. Put a rating in there, please. It really helps me understand where people are at when they listen to these episodes. And in the meantime, if you haven't already, go and get the free book. Go get it go to forexformula.com it's called the quick commission blueprint hit the button that says I want that free book and it'll have it to you in about two minutes go get it I really wish someone gave me that book 23 years ago when I started in real estate those principles still apply today they still apply then and they still apply right now those are timeless things to learn and I know will help amp up your business. Absolutely. The Quick Commission Blueprint, go get it. Go to 4xformula.com and go get the free book. It's very simple. Hit the button. It's right at the top of the page. I'm really excited about our next episode with Jordan Mendoza. He's from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm really excited to be talking to him. Jordan gave us so much good information. It'll just blow your mind after the episode. There's so much good stuff in there. It's rich, 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 stuff and uh he is just a great guy and i was so so honored to have him on our show so anyway listen for that next week every wednesday our episodes come out and uh, go out there make a great day and remember you're only one listing away from forexing your business